Today on a live episode of Locked On Pelicans, we're taking a cue from Marvel and playing What If. What if the Pelicans had signed Kyle Lowry this past offseason? What if David Griffin had convinced Anthony Davis to stay? Plus, your questions in a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available right here on YouTube where we are live. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday night live show, Friday show if you're listening the next day, and thank you all for being here with me. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Hello, Blake. Hello, Vince. Hello, James. See a bunch of people in the comments already. Thank you for joining me every week. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day, except in the offseason where we're down a couple of days. But it's going to be a fun Pelican season. I'm excited. I know you're excited. So make sure you have subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Let them be clued into all the fun things going on around this Pelicans team. Because guess what? They might not really be able to watch the games this season unless they want to potentially shell out $20 a month. So that's definitely not a fun thing. So make sure they know what's going on and send them over here to Locked On Pelicans. And of course, leave a comment on YouTube if you're watching there and leave a five-star review with a comment wherever you get your podcast. You can do it on Spotify. Now, I am hopeful, although it doesn't look like it's too great, that the video is a little bit better than it was last week. But as long as the audio is good, that is the most important thing. Thank you, internet provider here, I guess, really on that one. I've done everything I can to almost get to get it working. And that's uh, not one that I really can control too much here. All right. So let's, we're going to play what if, right? That's what we're doing here. And of course, please have your comments if you want something. I just got an email. Um, comments that you want is that if there's anything you are curious about, want to talk about, we will Get to it on today's show. Matthew says, I hit the like button. What's my prize? The prize is the show stays free and that we're not going to charge you $20 a month to watch or listen to Locked On Pelicans. How about that one? Um, given the Bally Sports Plus, definitely not a fun situation there, but at least it's an option if you're willing to shell out and pay. So we can we can touch on the schedule release. We can get into the what ifs here. I said a, a, I see a bunch of people saying we need to get my opinion on the Piano Man release video. It was awesome, right? That's so well done. You know, you have to wonder if Zion might have had a hand in that too before making his appearance right there at the end. Christian Clark, you know, who wrote the original article, seemed to enjoy it and has laughed about it too. So everyone's happy, kind of speaks to the good vibes around this team and that everyone's moving forward. So just like a great inside joke, right? If, if you ever want to know if the Pelicans are kind of clued in to the fan base, right? And sometimes inside jokes and things like that are a great way to kind of do that, to be like, yeah, we know what you guys talk about. We know that, you know, we listen to you. The Piano Man thing was absolutely fantastic. Really funny. Great to see Zion 
bought in and making a joke like that too. That's a lot of fun. Um, just everything was great when it came to that. So I am thrilled that they did something like that. They definitely won the day, right? Like of all the schedule release videos, and I've seen a bunch of them, they most definitely uh, won the day. And I think that can be just as good, if not more important than everything else. So they did such a good job. I absolutely loved it. Um, very fun. Hi, Jason Morris. He's here from Australia. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into tons with the with the um, Valley Sports Plus stuff, but yeah, just kind of a, a situation. I know you all want to talk about it. We can talk about it, certainly, but I don't know if there's like a, a ton else to really say. It's an option, right? It's an option you didn't have last year. Is it a good option? No. Is it right to do by the fans? No. Is it a cash grab by the Pelicans? I'd actually say no, it's not. I think that the Bally Sports deal is probably paying them less than others could have paid them, but I don't know if the others were really the best options. So I don't know if that is just, you know, it's an unfun situation, but at least there's a way to watch games that, you know, you didn't have before. So I see a couple of really good questions in here. We'll get into those in a moment or two, but let's do a what if. And let me know what y'all think, and you can put it in the comments down below here. Um, so Marvel doing the what if, right? Like the, you know, DC's is Elseworlds, kind of the alternate realities, what could have happened and kind of play it out here. Um, what if the Pelicans had signed Kyle Lowry this past offseason? They cleared big cap space to make a run at him, right? Or Chris Paul too. And we heard rumors that they offered Chris Paul more money than the Phoenix Suns had given him. You have to figure they tried to get Kyle Lowry too, and Lowry said no, and Chris Paul said no. But what would have looked like if they'd signed Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul? But let's go with Lowry because he was, you know, free agent as well. And it seems like maybe he was their first choice. It is wild to think about how different this past Pelican season would have been in not a good way, right? When you see Kyle Lowry and watched him play last year, there were moments when he was really good, but there were also some moments when he just looked washed and old and didn't look great. I don't know what his numbers were, and I can pull these up here for the Miami Heat this past season, but I, I can't, they weren't that good, right? Like he wasn't amazing for them last year. 13.4 points per game, seven and a half assists. He played 63 games, and then he was injured in the playoffs for him too. So not actually the worst year there, and the Pelicans wanted kind of a primary ball handler to facilitate to get the ball to guys like, you know, Zion, who they thought would be healthy, Brandon Ingram, and others. But if they have Kyle Lowry, guess what? They don't have the ability to go out and trade for CJ McCollum, really. Which, when you kind of think about how important that CJ trade was and how much better of a fit he is for New Orleans with the shooting and how good he's going to be this coming year, you know, not signing Kyle Lowry to 25, close to $30 million per season, ended up working out tremendously, right? Like we kind of roasted and I did it too, that it was kind of embarrassing that the Pelicans couldn't give their money away. And it is to a certain degree, but sometimes things work out and not signing Kyle Lowry definitely worked out. So not only do you not get CJ McCollum, but does Jose Alvarado kind of really arrive, right? You know, they needed more guard minutes with Devonte Graham struggling. And so Jose started to kind of get a lot of those minutes. If you have Kyle Lowry and he's good enough, does Jose Alvarado not really get minutes and kind of arrive on the scene? And I think when you look at that, that's one of those situations where, man, everything worked out exactly how it should have, I think. 
you know, uh, Gil says, I don't know how it would have been with Lowry, but with Chris Paul, we would have been at least a six seed. He would have kept the ship steady. I, I think so, but he had moments at times when he looked pretty old. He also had two nearly perfect games against the Pelicans in the playoffs, so maybe not, but, whew, right? That's one of those ones that I think Chris Paul has got a higher ceiling and floor than Kyle Lowry does, but... Oh, yes. Vince says, my, my, how the narrative has changed. Yeah, it does. You know, this is one of those things where, you know, a lot of my job and our job is done in hindsight on things. Dodged a bullet there, in a sense, worked out probably exactly the way we would have wanted it to have worked out. So all things considered, it ended up being okay. Reginald Joseph says we were lucky not to have signed those guys to long-term contracts, including Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, Dinwiddie, I think, ended up being okay especially for Dallas he really ended up they needed him there but yeah that was definitely one of those things that you know things have worked out exactly how they could have how they should have worked out and that's only a good thing for New Orleans because well it looks significantly better than it has in a really long time right and I'll do an episode on this is probably the most hype we've been for Pelican season in a while and so I am thrilled about how this has gone and we can kind of look back and be like, man, they tried to like waste their money. It feels like definitely uh, not what you would have wanted. Gerald Tate says we dodged a bullet and Jake love your commentary. Appreciate y'all being here. Look, um, I'll share this before we go to the breaking. I got another what if and we can answer some of your questions too. I see questions about the arenas. I see someone mentioned Dell Demps in there with who oh, don't want to go down that road necessarily um, asking about trades as well. Um, you know, with 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 y'all being in here with me, and you all always love the show, and I appreciate that greatly. But none of this is is going on without all of you. So I want to thank you all for being here with me live right now, for making Locked On Pelicans part of your day. Hopefully, your first listen. I got a cool statistic texted to me the other day from the network, which was Locked On Pelicans of all of our Locked On shows. So right, NBA, basket, uh, NBA basketball, uh, football. College, all of the shows, Locked on Pelicans is like the 12th most watched show on YouTube. Of all of like the 300 plus Locked on shows, which is a really cool thing. This small market with this team, I don't know if they should be, if this show should kind of have some of those numbers, to be honest. My my initial thing would be it's not. That isn't me. That's not because I'm amazing here. I don't think I'm terrible at my job, certainly. But that's because of you all of y'all here coming and being passionate about this team. So again, from like seriously, the bottom of my heart, thank you all for making Locked On Pelicans what it is, supporting this fan base, having the like unbridled, unlimited passion that y'all do. All right, let's hit the break. Let's get back into what ifs and talking about the team. What you want to hear, ask your questions, put them in the chat. I'll answer them here and we'll keep it going for, we'll probably not go a full hour here today, but we'll go for a little while longer. So all of that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. So find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And you can get in on all the futures, right? If you want to bet where Kevin Durant is going to end up 
or maybe Donovan Mitchell might end up, you can do that over at betonline.net because it continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Whether you want live in-game betting, whatever it is, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to get there as well to learn more about the action happening right now over at betonline.net, BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're going to be back to Monday through Friday before you all know it, and it's going to be so much fun. The Pelicans opening game is basically two months from tomorrow, from Friday. We are almost there. I'm hyped. I know you're hyped. I got my season tickets loaded in through SeatGeek. That's always really exciting to see. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube as well. And number one thing you can do to support the show, to grow the show, let's get it above 12, right? Which is also, how great is that? That it's 12. Pels 12, 12 bets. That's really cool to me. That just flickered on my screen. I don't know what that was. Um, So I'm excited about it. I know you're excited. Subscribe, comment down below, comment on every YouTube video as much as you possibly can. All right, let's get into this. Hopefully this is still working because I think there might have been some sort of stream issue here. Are you all there with me? If not, I'm going to just keep going. Something definitely seemed like it happened and that was kind of odd. Um, So I'm stalling for time here right now. Um... So I wanted to get into a couple of the questions that we just saw here as I'm like completely thrown off by whatever just occurred on my uh, end here. So I don't want to stop the show, but I'm trying to spin the wheels. Okay, everyone's saying it's still here. Good. Okay. So let's get into it, right? Um, I don't know what happened on my end. That was super, super weird. Thank you for... Was an issue, now I'm back. Okay, Uh, Matthew says, what if Jackson Hayes turned into Giannis 2.0? That would be awesome, but I don't think that's going to happen. And again, I think he is the odd person out. We're not going to get too much into Giannis, or to Jackson Hayes right now, though we definitely don't need to do that. Free Mind says, Del Demps did that Rudy Gobert trade. Definitely has his fingerprints all over it. I don't fully think it was him, but it definitely feels like he had a hand in all of that, right? DZD says, imagine if we had Trey Young. I'd actually probably rather Deontay Murray than than Young, but I would take either of those. Um, it'd be fun, another one like that, right? Um, someone's talking about Austin Rivers here was such a disappointment. Yes, there's not really a what if around that, but like, yeah. Um, here's a good one. What if Zion demanded to trade this offseason? We don't need to go into that. That's not a good one right now. We don't have to worry about that because he's committed. He's most definitely not going to, and if he did, I doubt they would trade him in the first place. Here's an interesting one, though. I got sent this today. What if, so if you all recall, when David Griffin took over, he met with Anthony Davis to kind of try and convince him to stay. This was in the aftermath of the trade demand, right? David Griffin came in and eventually traded him away to the Los Angeles Lakers. What if David Griffin had convinced Anthony Davis to stay? Is this even a a route at this point that y'all would have wanted, right? Is it just immediately like a no? Is that what we're saying here? Um, Jose Hashburn says, no, I, I can see that, right? But can you imagine the pairing of 
Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson and what that could look like for the front court. You've got your defensive anchor in AD who, you know, around that time was in the running for defensive player of the year every year. I made an argument one one of the years that Gobert won it where Gobert just didn't really play enough games that AD having such a good season and playing enough should have probably won it. But, you know, you don't have Brandon Ingram if that's the case. You don't have all of these extra picks. And so while that pairing of Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson would have been really cool, I don't know if that's the route that would have been good, right? Gil says, who's that guy you're talking about, right? Like, who, who, who could that be? Curtis Andrews says they would both be injured, right? That's definitely a concern that could have happened as well with all of that. That's definitely not a fun thing. Um, imagine with how little Anthony Davis played last year, plus Zion missing the whole season, like what that would have looked like. And that definitely would have been um, a, a big, big, big problem, right? Um, you would have kept Drew Holiday in that case, though, but AD, Drew Holiday, and Zion Williamson could have been really, really fun for a little bit, right? But we all love Brandon Ingram, right? He is beloved here. Everyone doesn't want to put him in, in an Anthony Davis trade, and the Pelicans aren't going to put him in an Anthony Davis trade. So when you kind of look at it like that, again, things have worked out probably exactly like they should. You know, the Pelicans are probably a little bit behind where we would have wanted them to be. But overall, things have definitely worked out for the New Orleans Pelicans in a very positive way, where they're still loaded with draft picks from that trade and from the Drew Holiday trade. They have a superstar, two superstars, and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So, you know, if Griff had convinced Anthony Davis to stay, they would have been better these past two years, but the future certainly would not be looking nearly as bright. Matthew Levine says, screw AD, we still deserve a thank you post. Um yeah, that's never happened. That's probably never going to happen. What a weird like thing. Of course, I'll put up an Instagram post like thanking them. Like, It's just, I, I don't get some of that stuff. That is so weird with it, him as a person at times and the whole t-shirt thing. I'm like, I don't pick my shirts. Like, yeah, you can, man. Like, just such a such a weird, weird thing, right? We, we like where this team is going. Um, that's what Jose says. I like where this team is going. Bright future. Yeah. And it wouldn't have happened without that Anthony Davis trade. So probably still the best thing that New Orleans could have done as opposed to um, them convincing Anthony Davis to stay. So ask your questions here in the chat and I will start answering them here. Um, I farted says, Jake, you single-handedly got me into basketball. You're great. Keep it up. Thank you. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like that. You know, this team's fun to follow. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, the Pelicans have missed the boat, right, in growing the fan base with the Bally Sports deal and the Bally Sports Plus thing being like casual fans aren't going to pay $20 a month to watch the game. And that's that's correct. They won't. You know, you'd like them to be able to just kind of tune in and watch. And it's like, oh, I've heard about the team. I'm interested. This game's on. I can scroll past it. Let me, let me click there and I'll watch it for a little while. Um and yeah, they lose that, but don't forget over 50% of the population still has cable, and that likely means Cox here in New Orleans for better or worse, or for better or worse, well, yeah, um, for better or worse, and so there's still the opportunity to do that. I honestly think shows like mine and others and the blogs, the bird rights being one, are really great ways for people to kind of deepen their connection to the team. I think that's where people really start to get more invested. When you're listening to a podcast daily about it, that's when you start to get converted and excited about things, and I don't know if it's so much as just kind of casually watching a game. I think there need to be deeper behaviors with that too, so when I say tell a friend about the show, you're helping bring them into the Pels 12 and all of that too. 
Uh, Ricky uh, DeVille says, Jake, do you think we should try and trade for Colin Sexton? It would need to be a, uh, a sign-in trade because he is unsigned. They don't have the cap room to go out and sign him. No, I don't, I don't know what that would do. And you'd have to give up you know, I, too much to really get him. I just don't know if that would would really work. I don't know if there's a trade that makes sense. You know, they, you'd be looking at a $20 million salary for him. So you need to get to $20 million in salary. You could include Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham and get close. But why would Cleveland do that? You know, there's not really a ton of reason for them to do that. That's just kind of one of those things that he got priced out of the market. The injury really hurt him. Just really all sucks, unfortunately. So not a fun situation for him, but I don't think a trade for him is really the move uh, for the Pelicans at at all. So let me go through some of the other questions y'all put in here. I saw one about the arena. Where is it? Michael Roby says, is there any fire to the smoke that a new arena is going to get built across from the convention center on the river? I don't think they're there yet. I think they're kicking around the idea and would like to do something like that, certainly. You know, I, I think what you've seen a lot of sports teams do is kind of build districts around their uh, arenas, whether that's the NFL in the NFL or NBA, right? There's bars, there's restaurants. You can go down and like make a night of it. You can go to the game. You can go to a place, have dinner before the game. You can go to a bar and just pregame before the game and then have drinks after the game, whatever it is. It's more just a place to kind of like hang out. It's great for concerts and things like that too. While the Smoothie King Center isn't far from a lot of that stuff, it's still not as easy as it would be if you put it down by the convention center where you have room for something like that and put all of that other stuff in there, right? So I think they'd like something like that to create just a bit of a better atmosphere, but they're, this is a ways off and nothing that is going to be coming anytime soon. Matthew says, what if Boogie never got injured? I did a show on this last year or two years ago, and it tanked, so we're not going to go down with that with that road again. I almost was like, I'm never going to do another what if, but I came up with some fun ones that were at least kind of interesting, and the team's in a much better spot, so these don't hurt to talk about nearly as much. The Boogie one, though, was like one of my like least viewed shows in the offseason last year, and it was like, nope, not going to do that one again, and almost never did another what if again. King T says, Jake, have you ever been this excited for a Pell season? No, probably not. I had a good indication that Anthony Davis was going to be asking out after that Blazers series where they swept them and then took a game off the Warriors in the second round, which was a really fun, right? Like that sweep was really fun. But we kind of knew that was coming, to, or at least I knew that was kind of coming to a close. So because of that, it kind of really hurt and just kind of took the wind out of the sails of the next season. Then the injuries and all that kind of just derailed things too. So that wasn't fun. So this season with the young talent that they have that's still kind of on the ascending way of things makes me really, really excited for what's going to be coming with this Pelicans team. So this is probably the most hyped I've been. I've been covering the team for over 10 years now. Um and it's mostly been bad, so it's nice to not have to worry about that. All right, we'll get into more of your questions coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Completely free, right? No paywall. We're just here chatting with you with live shows in the offseason. Hopefully the video looks okay, but I don't think it is based on what I'm seeing here. But as long as the audio is good, that is the most important thing. And of course, put your questions in the chat here. And the season's going to be here before we know it. I'm hyped. I know you're hyped too. I really, really can't wait. 
Shannon Griffin asks, do you th really think Griff would really trade for Durant given what happened to him with LeBron in Cleveland? LeBron pretty much became the decision maker on everything and he ended up getting fired. He didn't end up getting fired. He was just let go. They just didn't renew his contract, which in a sense is not really a firing, but like it's a mutual parting there, right? You know, I, I think he, he, I've said this from the beginning, you know, he has a way that he's always wanted to be able to build the team. And when LeBron came back to the Cavs in Cleveland, he was not able to do that. And that disappointed him to a certain degree, right? Like I'm sure he loves his NBA title, but it probably just doesn't feel like the way he would have wanted to do that. So all that said, if he does win a title here in New Orleans, it's probably going to mean way more to him than the first one that he won with LeBron James. I have mixed feelings on that, to be perfectly honest. The goal is to win a title, just go out and win a title. But if he wants to try and build the team his way, he's in an op uh, a position to do that. And I think, you know, potentially bringing in Kevin Durant for cheap is. I don't think he would give Kevin Durant the same kind of leeway and, you know, uh, freedom that the Nets have given Kevin Durant, which they're trying to kind of reel back in right now. So I don't think, you know, I think he would if the price is right. You'd be almost dumb not to, but he's not going to do it if the price is Zion or Brandon Ingram. I've said that from the get-go that I don't think that would be be the case. Jack Sconza says, what if Brandon Ingram became an all-defensive player and hit the same aggression on offense? Uh, this team would be significantly better. Look, he's bought in more defensively this past season. That was the best defensive year that he has had. That's great. I want to see more from him, but I'll, I'll take what we can what we can get here. And um, yeah, you know, it kind of is is what it is here. Um, but if he plays like he did last year, that can be good enough. This team just needs to be middle of the pack defensively. They don't need to be more than that. Uh, Blake Brunson says Trey Murphy, six man. Like, yeah, it could be. I think he's going to get a ton of minutes off the bench and he's key to a bunch of different lineups. I don't know if you're going to think of him, you know, when I think of six man, I think of like scoring. I don't know if that's going to be his role necessarily. I think he ends up playing with the starters a lot. Um, but he's going to be a guy coming off the bench. I don't know if he's sixth, seventh, eighth man, something like that, but he's going to be playing hopefully 25 to 30 minutes per game. Michael Roby says, hit the like button. Yes, please do hit the subscribe button. And of course, comment down below on every show. Sterling Jones says, Jake, what up, homie? What up to you here? Please, again, everyone put your questions in there um, and we'll keep going for a little bit anyway. Uh, what else do we have in here? We talked Colin Sexton a little bit. Um, there was another one here. What's what's the best place to stay in Milwaukee? I'm going to try and see them on the road for my birthday. That'll be a fun road trip. Oh, it's January. I don't know if it's going to be that fun of a road trip. You'll probably eat and drink well, though, I think, in Milwaukee. But I got no idea on where to stay there. I would not be going to Milwaukee in January at all. Andrew Gutierrez says, not Pels related, but shout out to Dickie V for being cancer free. That's always a good thing. Look, he's a staple of college basketball. I enjoy his calls, even though they're a little too over the top. Um, but I'm happy to hear that he is cancer free. I did not know that. That's a really, really cool thing. West Bank Rick asks, what is LeBron James winning percentage in Blender? I have no idea. It's probably pretty high, though. Um, those heat games were, were really good for him. Um, Michael asks, give us the weekly uniform change update. I've, I've told you all I can tell you without straight up showing you a picture of it, which I cannot do. So, sorry. They'll they'll be announced when they're announced. I, you know, the next update on the jerseys is probably the Pelicans unveiling what some of the changes are. And so, I don't know when that'll be. You know, same thing. I get asked about um, 
EJ Liddell a lot, right? Like the next update on him is going to be like the update and there's not going to be anything leaked. It's just going to be like, is what it is. Um, Matthew asks, have I met Mac from Spaces? I don't know Mac from Spaces. I know Chris Connor from Spaces. I know some of the other people from Spaces too that are part of the Pels 12. I don't think I know Mac. I might've met him in person though. Um, love Chris Connor though. One of my favorite, 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 favorite people. So please support everything that he does here. Uh, Reginald Joseph asks, why would Griffin Willie assist in trading for a guy who may one day help fire him? Because he's going to help you win games right now. He's still a really good player, you know. And again, if you're winning with him, he's not going to try and get you fired, right? Like that was, you know, I think a big part of it, right? If you win an NBA title with him, you're not getting fired even if he wants you gone. So I don't think they're worried about all of that, right? Like Griff is still in control. You know, they, you could see Kevin Durant being like, fire them and it won't end up happening. So when I look at, those type of things with it. I'm not too worried about what could happen bringing Kevin Durant in. They're just not going to give him a lot of that leeway that he has there in Brooklyn. Um, so I don't really worry about, worry about that. Uh, which guards won't be on the team? Who's going to get cut? Well, no one's going to get cut, certainly, um, at all. It's who might get traded, and it's certainly Devontae Graham would be the first one they'd like to move. I don't think... They're actively looking to do it where it's like, oh, we got to dump this contract. I think they'll they'll roll with him on there. But he'd be the the most he's, you know, most likely the odd man out. Doesn't play good defense. The shot wasn't there last year. You know, it just didn't quite work out when you traded a protected first round pick for him, which luckily ended up working out for New Orleans. Griff had a very good offseason last season, even with that one being a slight overpay. Aero Sanchez asks, any chance we have three 20 point per game guys? It'll be tough. It'd be tough, I think, but you can certainly get there. Like CJ was really good. If CJ's making four threes per game, right? Three threes per game, that's nine to 12 points right there. Certainly he's in the range of that. You, you feel pretty confident in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson doing that as well. So kind of the question is, can CJ get there? Like, yeah, he definitely can with the shooting and the fact that they'll at least always have two of those guys out there on the court, you'd have to imagine, or one of those guys out there on the court. So there'll be times when it's, you know, Ingram and CJ and he was able to do that. There's going to be times when it's CJ and Zion, he'll be able to do that. So definitely, definitely will be able to get there. I don't know if they will, but they're certainly going to have a chance to be able to get there. So that's kind of the the thing with that. What position is Brandon Ingram going to play? His normal position, he's going to play out there on the wing. You know, the starting lineup certainly seems like it's going to be CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. So he's like the two, but you know, if, if it's in that, you know, it's he's on the wing, right? It's positionless basketball, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, as much. Arrow has a good question here. I just gave you the predicted certified. Has a good question. Um, how do you think the rest will call the game for Zion this season? Do you think they'll still allow players to foul the crap out of him all the time? Yeah, he's still going to get hammered, right? Like, that's just kind of how it is. You know, one of the things you have to accept with the NBA, whether it's fair or unfair, is bigs are officiated differently than guards. Contact on a big would get called a foul on a guard, Right. And they let these bigs kind of play through some of that. You know, one of the biggest things is going to be some of those small ball lineups where Zion's, you know, at the four with maybe Trey out there at center and he's out there on the perimeter. This goes back to when I did a watch party with Bourbon Street Shots a number of years ago now. And 
Eric Gordon showed up. We were at Tracy's. It was a really cool moment. Sat down with like 40 of us there and just talked with us the whole night. He was out injured, of course, but still cool gesture by him to come watch the game with us. And one of the things he was talking about, they were playing Houston. And he said, they get so many foul calls or Harden got so many foul calls because there would be no center down low. So when Harden would drive to the basket and like bodies would hit him and arms would hit him, refs had a very clear line of sight to that and they could very clearly see contact, right? One of the issues with, say, Anthony Davis or Zion, let's use that too, right? When the paint is crowded, you can't see some of that contact, right? There might be a guy in your way and you just don't see some of the little things. So spacing the court for Zion is going to be important for him getting some of those foul calls, but we know he's getting the contact. The refs are going to know that there's going to be contact there. Hopefully... We don't end up with another broken finger situation, things like that, you know, and, and have Griff give at that point was kind of a dumb press conference, in my opinion. I'll stand by that one. Um, talking about how it's been open season on him, just kind of how it is being a big, right? The good news is Zion's slippery. He's got such a good handle that he can go and still score inside, even through all of those bodies, through all of that contact. Just keep doing that, right? And have these guys hit their threes around him. This team cannot be one of the worst three-point shooting teams Again, they shouldn't be. They should hopefully be better. But please don't be that bad at three-point shooting because it will pull eventually, eventually, guys out of the paint midway through the season. It's going to take a while to get there. Once guys start hitting those shots, team was 27th in three-point percentage last year, 33.2%. It's a bad, bad number. Got to get better than that, and that will help Zion eventually get calls when all of that kind of spacing happens and refs can see things a whole lot easier. And yes, Zion doesn't flop, as Gerald says. That's uh, an important, important thing here. VB Pel, uh, Saints Pels lady says the win at all costs attitude is what killed uh, is what killed the Greek and Roman empires. I'm with you. Um, don't bring Kevin Durant in. Look, there's there's something to be said for building it kind of organically, and that's definitely what they are doing. So ab- absolutely here. Has uh, Michael asked, has Trey Murphy passed Jackson Hayes on the depth chart? Like, yeah, I think so. I just think, I don't know where Jackson Hayes gets his minutes, right? Like, that's kind of part of the the problem. I don't know where those minutes come from. Zion's the starting four. That was Jax's spot last year. He didn't play much in the postseason. I don't know where his minutes are going to come from. And here's, here's a good one we'll end on, right? Gil says, do you think the attendance will go way up this year? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it will. People are hyped for this. If they can just get out there and not get off to a really, really slow start. And I talk about this in yesterday's show, today's show, when I talked about the schedule breakdown. So go watch that if you haven't. Getting off to a good start is going to be so important. So important for this team to just build some momentum with the fans, right? If they get out to another 1-13 start, it's going to be, oh, we've been here before. This is what this team always does, right? You get excited for them, and they let you down. They historically have done that. That's what's made it so hard to maintain and sustain the fan base. You get off to a good start over those first 11 games, eight on the road. If you can go six and five, 500 ball, people will be there for it. It also helps that the home opener is on a Sunday when the Saints aren't playing. So that'll absolutely be a sellout with the return of Zion and all of that. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun if they can get off to a good start or even a great start. Oh, yeah, attendance is definitely going to be up this season. I even upgraded my season tickets. All right, that's going to do it for this live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We do these every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. 
and we'll be back with you all on Monday.